Good morning. Can you all hear me? Back there? All right, good. Uh, um, I have a cold. So that's why I have my mask on. I don't want to give you a cold. So uh, hopefully from up here, I won't do that. Um, so we are here today uh, to continue our journey through um, the book of Matthew. Yeah, and let's see. There we are. Okay. How many of you have seen the series called The Chosen? Um, I really like that. Yeah, and I was talking with someone who said that they have some friends, some of whom are really conservative and some of them are really liberal, and they, they each really like this series. Yeah, it's, it's just great. Matthew is presented as autistic, yeah, a very concrete thinker. Uh, someone, someone who doesn't worry about theology, someone who asks the question, what do I have to share with people to convince them to follow Jesus? What do I have to share to convince people to follow Jesus? And so he tries to, to just boil it down um, to, to just the essence. You know, what is it that I have to share to help people follow Jesus? And the section we're working on today, we might call, what do I have to share to help people understand fairness? Now, all of you were children. Some of you have children. And I'm pretty sure that you've heard or said the words, that's not fair. Right? You've heard that. Okay? Uh, maybe you've even said that. So, let's go back in time. Um, uh, I am in the third grade. Uh, and I have moved from Germany to America. Uh, and I'm meeting new people. And my, it's, we're, I'm, in, I'm in this class. It's the first period, and, uh, and so the teacher is taking role, and, uh, and she is putting name tags in front of everybody with their first name and then the initial, the first letter of their last name. So this guy named Bob Baransic um, is there, uh, and I'm Bob Bowen. And so she says, well, I need to separate you. So you will be Bob B.A. and you will be Bob B.O. <laughs> now, <laughs> this is a, a well-meaning teacher. Um, but you know how kids are. Um, and all through third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, <laughs> I was B.O. <laughs> That's not fair. Um, now, it was no fault of Bob's, but he and I became mortal enemies. Um, and one day, um, we were invited to Sandy Freeman's birthday party. Uh, this was the sixth grade. And we each had a crush on Sandy Freeman. Uh, and so, uh, we uh, were sitting there, and what do you think happens? He gets this great big piece of cake. And I get a little piece of cake. That's not fair. Yeah. Okay. 
So what is fairness? What does that mean? And in this section, Matthew is taking us through what it means to be fair, not in the sense of the world, but in the sense of this community of believers that Jesus is creating. What does it mean to be fair? So early in the morning, the, the landowner goes out and he hires people and he agrees to pay them a denarius. Now this is what a denarius looked like. Kind of like a quarter or a silver dollar. Um, and in this time, a denarius was what a family needed in order to live. It was a day's wage. So he hires some people, and then the landowner goes, goes back to the hiring area, which probably looked a little like this without the cars. Um, people lining up, People saying, I'd like to work. And at, uh, throughout the day, uh, at 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m., more workers are hired. But this time, Matthew doesn't, have, doesn't say that, that they'll be paid a denarius. It's, I'll pay them what is right. I'll pay them what is fair. Okay? And then um, he goes out again at uh, 5, and he sees more workers. Um, and he says, why are you just standing here? And the answer is, because no one would hire us. And, and so he says, come on, um, you can work here. And when everything is done that day, the foreman uh, is told, pay these people what is right. And start with the people who were hired last and move to the people who were hired first. So the people who are hired last, <coughs> they're, they're not sure what they're going to get. Because they were told, I will pay you what is right. Now, if you were going to take a day job and, and the, the person you're contracted with says, I'll pay you what is right. Would you question, what does that mean? Yeah, okay. Um, you're so desperate that you're going to go out and you're going to work. Okay? Because you have a family that you got to support. I'll pay you what is right. And what is right is to support your family. What is right um, is to be able to come back after a day's work and know that your family is going to have enough food on the table, be able to pay their bills, pay the utilities, da-da-da-da-da-da, which they didn't have to worry about back in Jesus' time, but we have to worry about today. Okay? I will pay you what is right. And I think that's a really important part of this story to lift up. So... The, the foreman pays, pays people, and you get to the, the people who were hired first, and they're grumbling because they're thinking, well, listen, if they got one denarius for working one hour, and we work ten hours, we're going to get ten denarii. Um, and they get one. Okay? And Jesus, the landowner, who says, I will pay you what is right, when he hears this grumbling, says... 
I said, I want to give people who were hired last the same amount as I gave you. Because it's my money. Okay? I can decide what I do with this. Or are you envious because I am generous? Because I will give people what is right. Okay? I will give people what is right. And when you work for me, you'll be able to understand that when you come to work, at the end of the day, you'll be able to support your family. Whoa, is that like way cool or is that way cool? Because that's, that's, that's the way it should be. Okay? So, Matthew ends this, this section with, The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. If you go back one chapter to Matthew 19, you'll see those same words at the end of the story of the rich young ruler. That the last will be first, and the first will be last. Now, thinking about this, you're thinking, how is this fair? And a poet that I really like um, shared um, something about this concept. And what I'd like you to do is to think about needs. What do you need? Okay? So when we think about needs, the two ways that we think about are fairness, which is where we usually go, and justice. Now, fairness is I want equal. I want the same. Okay? And if you worked one hour and got a dollar, and I worked ten hours... I should get $10 because that's fair. But instead, the Bible has this great concept of justice. And justice is all about getting your needs met. That when you are able to work an entire day, when you're able to do for your family then you're going to feel really good about yourself. You're going to be able to say, I did this, I supported my family, and that's what I need. So Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, defends justice like this. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. These are people on the margins of society. And justice means that people will get what they need. Does that make sense? People will get the, what, what they need because our wealth um, is going to be separated out um, and, and, and people will get what they need. And that's such a foreign concept, especially in a culture like ours. Because we, we, we haven't set up our culture in that same way. So, I would like you to do a reading with me. So, this is, we'll do this one in unison, and then I've got some uh, parts, so I'll, I'll point to you and you, um, and uh, then there'll be a unison at the end. So, But if you try,
Now, isn't that a song? Now, can we do that as a song, all in unison? Okay, so one, two, three. Oh, whoa, 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 come on. So someone start us off here. I've been waiting years to use this song. <laughs> uh, someday I'm going to do an entire worship service with Rolling Stones music. <laughs> but not today. <laughs> All right. Now, is there some truth to this song? Yeah. We can't always get what we want, but if we try sometimes, we just might find you get what you need. But what do you do? When you're that person who can always get what they want. And that's the rich young ruler. There are people in our society you can think of who have enough money that they can get everything that they want. But there's a a sadness that that is in, in some of those stories. Because they can't, there's, there's, there's an emptiness um, that, that comes out when you listen to people talk about their lives. So Jesus, when he's confronting this person, says, Listen, I know that you followed the law, which is great. So now take everything you have, sell it, and give it away to the poor. And the rich young ruler can't do that. And this story ends with the first shall be last and the last shall be first. In the scripture, in Isaiah, this is what, what it says. Every valley shall be raised up, every hill and mountain made low, and the, the rough ground shall be made level, the rugged places a plain. When you hear the first shall be last and the last shall be first, it's not about reversing the order, it's about leveling the field. It's not about Reversing who's going to be first and who's going to be last. It's about having a community where there is no first and there is no last. But we are all of us equal with each other because of our relationship with Jesus. Because of our relationship with God. Because of the fact that we have been forgiven. And now we are called to live with each other and to think of others as more important than ourselves. We are in a community of faith where as a community there is no first and there is no last because there is a level playing field. John Roth said that Anabaptists believe that Jesus' disciples do not take the journey alone. The journey of of faith. In fact, that is possible only within the context of a community of believers. We have to be in community to live out this Christian life. This community was not so much an institution as it was an alternative society whose life reflects the kingdom of God that Jesus inaugurated. 
in their understanding, Christian faith always has a concrete, collective social form that is visibly distinct from the world around. Thus, the true church is characterized by such radical practices as economic sharing, mutual accountability or discipline, and the love for others that extended to even the enemy. And when you look at how this community of believers was formed and began living out their lives in Acts chapter 2, you read that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. They were able to do what the rich young ruler could not. They were able to think of others and not of ourselves. They were able to say, this is the way that we are going to live our lives. They raised the valleys, they lowered the mountains, they took away the things that divide us and created a community. It was Jesus is the center and from which the love of God pours out on a waiting and wounded world. That's, I think, the story Matthew was trying to convey to us in this discussion about fairness. In this discussion about what should we get when we do a day's work. What should we get when we live our lives? And the answer is enough. Enough to meet our needs. We should be able to get enough. In the early church there were no first and there were no last. There were only sisters and brothers loving each other with the love of Jesus and living that out day to day and taking that ethic and applying it very simply, very concretely in every situation in which they found themselves. When I was uh, working here in Stark County, I had three unions that I had to work with. And in our first union negotiation, they gave me their demands for wages, and I gave them my counteroffer, which was 13% higher than their demands were. And, and they said, what? And I said, yeah, that's, that's the offer. And they said, why? And I said, because that's what you need. That's what the people who are doing this work that I'm asking them to do need to support their families. Yeah. And they said, how'd you get that done? And I said, oh, I just cut some administrative costs. Um, because administrators don't do the work um, that we have to do. Um, now, I'm an administrator. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and there's a hospital up in, in, in uh, um, uh, Nova Scotia uh, that has completely altered their system of pay. Uh, so they separate out income generators and income supporters. And guess what administrators are? They're income supporters. So uh, they get less <laughs> than the income makers. Uh, and they're okay with that because they get what they need, okay? 
that's a radical concept. Um, that's a completely different way of thinking about the work that we do. But our call is not to be of the world. Our call is to be in the world. And to bring into the world the ways that we have been taught to relate and think about each other. There are no first, there are no last, because we are equal with each other. Amen.